Hey, Nick, you know what's the difference between a cheeseburger and a boner? Let me guess. You don't have a cheeseburger right now. Happy hump day. Welcome to Gay Talk 2.0, the ultimate podcast for your dose of dish. We are back. We are back, 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 back. Happy hump day, and I have a feeling I'm going to fuck this up, but welcome, ladies and gents, to another episode of Gay Talk 2.0, an LGBT podcast uh, streaming live on Digital Stream Radio, where you can access that live stream every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can do so by visiting digitalstreamradio.com, and by the way, it's currently out. I don't even know if it's working behind me, so we're just going to worry about the live stream video for those who are on Patreon. Uh, anyway, my name is Tom and I am your host. I'm happy to be back after taking a week off. And as always in the studio with me are my amazing co-hosts and friends, starting with the first one. Hey, y'all. Nick or Trish. And Jay Bear, a.k.a. Your boyfriend's boyfriend. Your boyfriend's cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded a little like lustful right now. Like <laughs> your boyfriend's boyfriend. I was like, what is this? Let's blow her. <laughs> Let's... Um, no, but we're back. So our apologies last week. Um, we made a change two weeks ago, going from a Monday format to a Wednesday format. Which and we're then, getting used to. <laughs> right. It's 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 been a, a whirlwind today to um, rush here and, and, you know, figure out how we're going to do everything. But we're doing it. But the interesting thing was that I had scheduled two appointments for my babies, for my doggies, a long time ago on a Wednesday, because I never did anything on a Wednesday before. And when I realized that those appointments were on Wednesday, I was like, oh. Last week, Wednesday? What was supposed to be our first day on a Wednesday? Right. At 5.30 p.m., I was like, "Uh, we can't do the show. I have to take my babies to get their, you know, their shots and do all that stuff. And I'm sitting in Florida by the pool reading a book, being like, all right. Whatever. She was in the pool. But but we're here. We're here. (laughs) And um, the plan is uh, to continue with Wednesdays, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And yeah. And that's it. And so... We've got a couple of stories for you. We've got really good news for next week uh, for you. Thanks about time, Trish. But um, <laughs> but how are you, darling? How are you, Trish? You were in Florida last week. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I mean, no vacation is long enough. Right. I could have definitely used a little bit more time. Um, uh, you know, going back to work, it's just like catching up is crazy. It's hard. Yeah, um, but I had a good time. Um, it was relaxing there were some things that came up of course with my family but um which I always do uh-huh, but i mean <laughs> so i, I want to talk about a, a little Wait, bit about one question hold on did you pee in the pool that's where i was oh. going <laughs> sorry i so, wanted to talk about the list of things they left for you okay here let me so, pull it up yeah pull let it up because this was hilarious was- <laughs> so, so this was a note they left you at the house yeah so my parents flew up and I flew down because they they came up to see the baby, and I was like, "Well, no one's home. Why don't I watch the house slash <laughs> just kind of relax and sit by the pool?" I saw my cousin, my sister. I mean, one night we, you know, your cousin's hot, by the way. But anyway, but that's besides the point. But let's like go. one night we like hung out by the pool, and then we're like, "Let's let's cook lobster and steak," and like it was just relaxing and fun. Okay. But my dad, I you know, I said to him, "I'm like, you know." You're gone for a week, and I know things have to happen. The garbage has to go out. Like, I'll just leave a list of things for me so that I know when to do stuff. Right. Um, so, number one on the list is bring out the garbage Sunday and Wednesday night. Number two is feed the fish a pinch of food twice, twice a day. Twice a day. A week, and then the fish twice a day. That's too mm-hmm. complicated. The water will be delivered on Friday, August 19th. Put the empty bottles outside. Come so on. do you put the empty bottles outside on Thursday or Friday the same day they're to be delivered? Thursday night. Okay. Um, <laughs> use the BJ's card for if you need gas. Okay. Let's pause here for a second. Oh, okay. Oh, so here oh. I am like, all right, great. Now, I, I actually didn't need to get gas or anything while I was down there because I didn't do much driving. It's all pretty local with my family and whatnot. Right. But one day, I, the day before I was going to go up and pick them up at the airport, I said, Dad... Um, did you actually leave the BJ's card? And he was like, oh, well, I thought your mom did. Your mom thought your dad uh, did. I was like, 
Uh-huh. uh-huh. So basically, you didn't leave the card for gas. So I had to put gas in the car, which is fine. And then he goes, all right, make sure uh, the pool has water. Um, if it goes below a certain amount, you have to put the hose on the pool, whatever. The pool guy comes on Wednesday. Don't pee in the pool. Interesting. Okay. Six. Have long you guy peed in the pool? We'll get there. Long, long guy comes... <laughs> On Saturday, all garbage in the green bin, not the black bin. Number eight, don't pee in the pool. (laughs) Twice. Number nine, dishes should be clean. Number 10, please do the wash in the machine. So this doesn't end yet. So they also (laughs) left me a birthday card. Enjoy your birthday vacation at the luxurious Port St. Lucie Resort. I'm going to leave out the address. Don't pee in the pool. <laughs> and so I posted that on Facebook and I'm like, what? what is going on with this peeing in the pool thing? Oh. And my dad was like, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. But like so many times he even literally like called me to tell me not to pee in the pool. I'm like, dad, I don't pee in the what's pool. Your, like, what's I've your obsession? The, I've never peed in the pool before. Like, is this a thing? Like, wh- what happened do to you? Do do that? Do you have, like, you know how they how they put this, no, this solution they, the now where where if you pee, the water turns, like, blue Ooh. or green or something? No, they no, they don't. Oh, but Lord. it was funny because when, when my cousin came over, we both jumped in the pool at one point because it was so hot. And he, as soon as he jumped in, he's like, oh, shit, I got to pee. I was like, you can't pee in the pool. <laughs> Make sure you <laughs> don't so pee in the pool. he got up and he ran ran around uh, the back of the house and he, he peed out in the garden. And he came back. He's like, I, I peed in the bird, bird bath. <laughs> in the bird bath. Oh, those birds are going to be drunk. In the birds, uh, in the birds pool. <laughs> but it was just so random and so weird. Yeah. I mean, he was determined to pee in a pool. Yeah. And contrary to what your dad said mm-hmm. not to do. So, yeah. I mean, but hey, that's awesome, <laughs> that was though. Good. Yeah, and that the weather was, cool. was good. It was hot, humid, right? Oh, my God. I literally, like, I would go outside and I would just start pelting sweat. Yeah. Like, thank God I could just jump in the pool. But it was like, <clears throat> my body is not used to that Floridian humidity and temperature in the summer. And it is like, yep. Oh, I know. Shit sticks to you like your balls stick to each one of your thighs and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. I know. I've been there. I was there in May and that shit was fucking humid and hot. I was like, oh, I can't even imagine what this would be like in July, (laughs) August. But funny, funnier story. Well, actually, I don't know if it's funnier, but so I went. So the day the day that I was leaving, we had had that barbecue for my birthday. So thank you very much for hosting. You're welcome. Um, and happy birthday, by the way. thank you for coming. Happy birthday. Um, All over his face. But uh, <laughs> so the next day, not that we, we really didn't like party hard or anything, but like whenever I have a really early flight, I can't sleep. I get anxious. Right. So I woke up. My bag was packed. <laughs> sort of. My bag was, bag was packed and I was getting ready to go. I put everything in my car and I'm halfway to the airport, let alone the airport's only about like six minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. But I left at like 6.10 for a seven o'clock flight because it's so easy to get through. Right. And I'm halfway there. I don't have my cell phone. So I had to turn around. Oh, Lord. Go get my cell phone. Rush to the airport. I like parked on the grass and I was like, mom, you'll find it. Like figure it out. And I get in there and I'm finally calmed down. I'm sitting at the gate. I'm at the wrong gate. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so I run to the next gate, and I'm the last one to board. They're, like, closing the doors, and the woman's like, did you pay for your carry-on? And I was like, uh, no, I've never had to. They were like, well, now you have to pay for your carry-on. So I hand her my debit card to pay for my carry-on, and it gets declined. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is it getting declined? I had fraud on my account. Oh, God. So they shut down my card. So I gave her a credit card, whatever. Got on the plane. I had to have an expedited card sent to me to Florida. But while I'm on the plane, exhausted, like, befuddled and confused, one of this, like, flight attendants who was very cute came up to me and he was like, have you have you flown with us before? And I was like, yes. He's like, like, like often? I was like, yeah, I've flown a couple times. And he's like, yeah, me and the flight attendants were all mentioning that you look familiar. And then he was talking to me, and I was just so out of it. And I, was, I, I kind of just kept saying, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah. And then eventually he walked away, and the guy sitting next to me was like, that was a missed opportunity. Uh, <laughs> and I think I know who the flight, the flight attendant is too, but I, I just won't mention names. No names. Wow. That was an adventure. So, so then he gets to Florida. 
He has his wonderful little week by poolside and, you know, and drinks and the whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he's ready to come home. And the bitch realizes she oh, booked fuck. the flight back home on the wrong Sunday. Not the Sunday <laughs> she was supposed to come back, the Sunday after. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, so I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there trying to check in and realize that my flight is actually not until this upcoming Sunday. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't know what I'm going to do. Anthony's going to kill me. Like, I've got to be back in the office. Like, I can't really take any more time off. And the only flight that was, like, feasibly uh, priced would be on the Thursday. And so, finally... I eventually, like, I called them. They couldn't do anything for me. Then I started looking at flights to Bradley, and everything was like five, six hundred dollars one way. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna pay that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, and it's I'm, it's considered last minute booking, so they they right. break you in half. Oh yeah, they smack <laughs> yeah. it to you. So I call back Avello. I love Avello, and I basically I was like, look, I know I messed up. Like, I booked the wrong date. Um, this is completely on me. You have no responsibility to help me out. But I'm asking, as a frequent flyer, as a courtesy, will you take care of this for me? And the guy was like, all right, hold on one second. What's your full name? I gave him my full name. He went and looked. He's like, oh, yeah, you are a frequent flyer. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take care of this. We will put you on tomorrow's flight completely free. Wow. Literally changed my flight completely free. Got me, like, a great seat. And I was like... Okay. So Thank tomorrow's you, flight meaning still Sunday. The Sunday so I was were, supposed to leave. You were calling Saturday because you realized you booked the wrong Saturday night. Yeah. At like seven thirty. <laughs> I'm surprised they answered, but yeah. yeah, sure. But like talk about customer service. He's like, Well, the reason I put you on hold is because a lot of people tend to like exaggerate and say they're frequent flyers or whatnot, but you clearly are and blah blah blah. So we'll take care of this for you. Yeah, one thing I I know very well about this person that sits next to us every week (laughs) she is not an exaggerator i mean she she's she does what she does if i've been there if he says i've been there three times Mm -hmm. been there three times yeah Best believe if he said to you that he came on your face. <laughs> he came on your face. You wiped it off I without I joined the Mile High Club with a flight attendant. I fucked you up. You fucked up. Yes, you but could have. Not, now yes, you know for have. the next flight. Not at 7 a.m. I'm sorry. I even <laughs> had my girl. travel douche kit, but I didn't have time for that I'm shit t- at 7 a.m. <laughs> That's right. Because so, you took you took with you the powder, the new powder mm-hmm. solution that Dr. G uh, just recently introduced. Um I think we had it just behind us on the yes. prompter here. Um, cool. But but yeah, that's so hard to use in a bathroom. I did use it while I was down there. Oh, proud of you. But And it's great. It's just like the solution that you buy normally. Um, right. I loved it. It worked well. And it's travel friendly. So, I mean, you proved Very the much. theory. Yeah. That's amazing. And nice. that doc, the dop kit that it comes with, it's amazing. I love it. It's my new dop kit. Yeah, you can hide a lot of things in it. Mm-hmm. My so. mom's like, what are these packets? Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're my vitamins, mother, for my ass. Don't um, mix it with water, mom. Don't mix it with water. <laughs> At least not yet. I need to use that later. Yep. And Jay, how are you? Good, good. Not bad. All um, is well in the land of Oz? All is well. Um, not, as, not as exciting of a week away, I guess, but... Did some hanging out. I went to my cousin's wedding this past week. This weekend. is your third wedding in like three weeks. This is like stop. This is my fourth wedding since like February. Lord fourth have mercy. Wedding. Oh, People know one. I hate weddings, so they just don't invite me. And I'm completely okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to go bankrupt because, you know, here's the thing. So the average <laughs> wedding cost it's it's expensive right i mean you can you can bang out 30 grand on easy, a wedding easy. and each plate for each person that you invite can be anywhere between one to 150 possibly 175 per person yes uh and especially in well, a time no, the plates they it's about 45 50 bucks per person but drinks and everything else so yeah. you have to bring a gift that's equivalent to at least the cost of your food and drinks yeah so yeah. normally for one person it's you kind of try to cover $100. the dollars yeah you try to cover the yeah. expense of the plate and then double that right so yeah right that's, that's and so 200 a pop for me every every wedding mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and it's like you can go bankrupt going yeah. to weddings yeah, yeah. i gave uh, when my brother got married i spent so much money when he got married between the bachelor party, but just between everything, you know what I mean? Being the best man. Right. And then I was like, I don't want to give a gift. And then I, 
I ended up giving a, a decent, decent, you know, cash gift. And Chris at one point said something when he was opening his car. He's like, oh, Nick, you spent so much money. You have to give anything. I was like, all right, give it back. He's like, no, no, no. no, 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 no. It's in my possession now. Have it now. Can't have it back. Wow. That's yeah, amazing. It gets, yeah, it gets expensive. Yeah. But. And, you know, one, one thing that, that I always say is um, find power in the word no. It's okay to say no. It's okay that, you know, you you don't want to attend or you can't or, and you don't need an excuse. Just no. Yeah. That's it. And that's why they sent our our SVP cards, which are very important, so that you can discreetly just say, no, I can't attend. You don't have to say it in front of anybody. You don't have to say it in front of the person. You mail them back a little card. Yeah. They even send you an envelope if they're nice. If they're nice. With, like, posts. Okay, let me say, if you send an RSVP with a return envelope without a stamp, not classy. Right. So. Yes. That's just my opinion, though. I mean, that's that's just the the etiquette, right? Mm -hmm. Right. The etiquette for it. But so, it is what it is. But, nonetheless, we had a good time. Great. (laughs) We had a good time. Um don't know what happened, but a few people got sick <laughs> after. Like food? Uh, food. I think it, it, they're saying it was something in the bar. Actually, the drinks, not the food. But uh, quite a few people woke up with with the bubble guts. Oh. <laughs> so they wo- so, they woke up the way I, fa- I felt for the past three or four months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so my cousin had me die because he, he called me. He's in New York. He calls me. He's like, "Hey, how are you guys doing this morning?" And I'm like, "Oh, we're great." And he's like, "Dude, I had to sleep with a diaper on." <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean? What's going on?" I was like, "What kind of kinky shit are you into?" And he's like, "No, we all got home. We all got sick. We." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Me and my wife were both battling for the bathroom all night, all night." That sounds rough. So, yeah, and I was like, like "Ooh, sorry to hear that," but and that hotel room yeah so then so then my cut my cousin the one that got married called me and she's like did you guys get sick and you know she was checking in on everybody and she was like it it, we kind of went through everything we you know and it came down to a some drinks in the bar because i guess some people didn't even eat they were just hanging out drinking and they also got sick so i guess that's how they equated it to drinks don't know how they, they figured yeah, that, that out. That definitely but, sounds like food. Yeah, but I was like, all right, whatever. whatever. Mm-hmm. I just, I limited to what I did. I drank. I drank specific drink and I ate very little because I didn't, you know, I'm I'm funky like that sometimes, especially when you're hanging out. I like to drink more than eat. So yeah, right. Ate a little bit just to get some food in me, but the rest of the night I was just drinking. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> we were fine. Which is not a bad deal yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, you just, you have to go through yeah. those motions. But all in all, we, we had a good time. It was the decent, it was a decent wedding, but yeah, the, the, you know, the day after was when, when everybody was calling up and checking on each other. So, um, to, I, I wanted to pose a question to the group. Sure. And I'm just trying to figure out how to pose it. You scare me when you say things yeah, like that yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I know. I scare a lot of people. Mm. So basically... Um, Does this look infected? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I had a experience this past like week and a half or so. Um, a good friend of mine um, owns an establishment. And they had a, um, this is about cancel culture. All right. So they had a, um, I wouldn't say uh, an altercation, but an interaction um, with a transgender female. Um, Basically what had happened was this individual was um, pursuing uh, heterosexual men in the bar, which is completely fine, whatever. Um, And when one of the heterosexual men found out uh, found out that she was transgender, this man got really angry, like angry to the point of um, a safety issue, right? And so... Um, a safety concern for the transgender individual. Correct. <clears throat> so um, the individual who owns the establishment had pulled the person aside, and I, I'm not, you know, we don't really know exactly what was said or, you know, what should have been said, but basically she had um, asked the individual to um, disclose um, if she was planning to um, move forward with taking someone home or, you know, basically disclose that they were trans. And 
that is not something that you should say to any trans individual. They should not have to disclose that information. Right. Straight um, people don't disclose, hey, I'm straight and I'm bringing some chick up in here right. home. But but when it becomes a safety issue, um, like how does one address that? But then on top of that, after that whole situation happened, um, there was a lot of social media backlash. I mean, the place is fine. It'll be fine. It'll blow over. It was handled correctly um, after the fact. Um, and I think it was handled as best as it could have been in the in the moment right. um, but the reality is when does cancel culture get too much what is the appropriate uh way to handle a situation like that when you have you know two separate patrons uh, that valued patrons in, in in an establishment that um now you have a potentially unsafe situation like how how do you move forward um who was the aggressor in all of this I mean, I, I, you could look at it both ways, right? Because you could look at it, you know, as someone who was, you know, pursuing something. I mean, because what you told, what you had just finished describing in the beginning was this person disclosed she was transgender. No, did not disclose. Or the person found out. Correct. That she was transgender. Right. Through the okay. grapevine. Through the grapevine. So obviously <clears throat> someone was looking to stir the pot there. Um, but then once this person found out that this individual was transgender was that was did this person become belligerent did this person become aggressive towards this individual no no that was that was um that was also handled separately uh what was this person very upset yes very very upset then leave right but at the same time like when you have valued patrons coming into a coming into your establishment. Everybody can be a valued patron, but if you're going to sit there and not be an adult about finding out information that we see and hear about every day, it's, it's everyday common thing in our lives now. Mm -hmm. And if you can't handle that in a public space, leave. If it were me, I think my reaction would have been more along the lines of, uh, you know, asking, telling the person that was upset, like you're more than welcome to leave. We would love you to stay. I'm sorry that you feel that way, but all of our, Patrons are valued and we're not going to ask anybody to leave unless it gets, you know. Right. I mean, and then I would it, also probably approach the other individual and say, I just want to let you know that this is probably not something you want to pursue. Um, I hope you stay and enjoy your evening. Well, and, and that's the thing, though. It's like, but you can't automatically like assume that this person came to this bar just to pick up men. Right. I, I think. Like we, you can't from, make. From, from my understanding, well, we uh, here's there. here's what I would. Yeah, we, weren't we weren't there, but right. Let's let's play on on the assumption side. Right. Let's assume that the trans individual has has frequent the bar. Right. They have. From my understanding, so they already people would already. I mean, you know how it is at the bar right. when you have people that when, like when you're bartending and you. Mm -hmm. So-and-so likes to have guys follow him into the bathroom every right. so often. You already know this guy's here for that, right? right? So if you, same thing, I mean, whether it's a straight bar or a gay bar, you already know who your individuals are and what they tend to do. Right. So she may be trans and she may be looking for a straight man to take home. Or you're, someone to buy her drinks. Yeah, or, or someone to buy her drinks. Regardless, you're already kind of aware of that. So right. that's already in your, the back of your mind. Right. Now, if you have a patron that, that a patron that comes in frequently and gets into an altercation with them, I mean, you you definitely should address both, not just one. Correct. Address both, but I guess you become a bit biased because you already know she comes in here all the time and she tries this, and it's just a matter of time. So you kind of tend to, you yeah, know, but, but as label owner, the individual right off an, the bat as right, which, owner, which right. yeah it, it creates an issue for the owner too but as an owner you you put that on the patron you, you found <clears throat> yeah. something out right now and how you react to that and how you you take your machismo your your I'm a man and you know this is who I am how you handle yourself in a public space says a lot about who you are as an individual and yes. so if this person Someone came up, hey, by the way, just wanted to give you a heads up. This person is transgender. May have been said a different way. He could have just simply said, you know what? Look at they and say, this is not something that I want. 
but and you, walk away. While I agree with you, you know that in our society, in our culture, a lot of heterosexual cisgender men will not react that way. No, right. and, 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 that, and that's and then why it becomes a yeah, safety. Then issue. we're talking mm-hmm. about we're talking about in a bar. So now you right. have alcohol on top of that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So now. Yes, you are. You know, you are aware of what's happening, but you you tend to overreact, and then, right. especially if you're under the influence, right. you're gonna have. You know, I'm sure there. It might have been a different outcome if if the alcohol wasn't involved, but then again, you don't know what this cis man has gone through either. Right. Mm-hmm. You don't know his experiences, and then, you know, finding out. And again, like you said, how was it presented to him? Was it hey, by the way, or? Hey, dude, <laughs> you know, you've been, you've been, you know, yeah, yeah, all yeah. over this chick all night and it's a dude, you know what I mean? Right. So it, again, it's also how it's presented to the individual right. that you have and to that's take the that, thing. all that and, shit and, into and account. You think about, you know, the straight community and um, their reaction. Like, for example, you, I could totally hear another straight guy be like, do you know that's a dude? When in reality, no, that's, that's a transgender yeah, woman, yeah, right? you know, a, and, and that's, and especially in the state that it happened yeah. Right? Yeah. Where, where this happened where the conversation around um gay people right now like for example don't Let's say gay bill and not be too specific right. um can be very challenging in itself because of the culture yes. in the state right yes. and so my my thing is this um i wasn't there but i will tell you that if the person becomes angry at what they learned and react in an aggressive manner, the owner or the employees of the bar should say, you know what? You're not in a state right now where you probably should be here. And then turn around and say, and as a result of what this person learned, you sort of kind of cause a little ruffle in the bar. You should probably leave today too. You're more than welcome to come back, but I think you both should leave. You know, um, but, you know, I wasn't there. So I really can't I can't speak to that. You um, know, I also now. I also think like, you know, I, I mean, we all, we work at a gay bar. We've all worked at the gay bar right. um, and we have straight people come in all the time. And we, yeah, there, I, there but, are, but I think there at are, that point, there's a difference because you you're straight walking into a gay bar yeah, and you're there, aware of this. I, I think that there there's a very big difference between a gay bar or um, a space like our bar, like a, a like a gay or lesbian or whatever type bar versus a bar that is open and welcoming for all communities. Right. And I think that even in even but we welcome all communities. Oh, one hundred percent. We're a little bitchy about it, like one hundred percent. But like, even, <laughs> for example, when a whole group of, of like you know um, well, young on, girls coming to celebrate. But even if I were to walk into a, a bar that I know is very welcoming to all communities. Right. Even sitting there, if I was with somebody, you know, giving them a peck would, you know, it would just, it would be a second thought. Yes. You know, giving them a kiss on the lips would be a second thought. Whereas if I was at the gay bar, I wouldn't. You don't think about it twice. You don't think about yeah. it twice. And so, and so to me, I'm like, well, if you're, know the spaces you're in. Right. Um, and I'm not putting the onus on anybody, but I think know the spaces you're in and make sure that you're keeping yourself safe. Right. And keeping the environment healthy. But but it's, it's not her responsibility to keep that environment healthy. It is their responsibility to educate themselves and the people that they could potentially, you know, encounter in life. You know, it's like you walk through life every day and you meet people of different, you know, ethnicities. Guess, well, the environment healthy was not exactly the right term. That's not what I meant. And, and like, so, I don't know, it's 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 a I mean, very touchy we're, we're, subject. Yeah, it's, a, it's a touchy, t- touchy subject. Um, the times now as is in general, just, you know, all these, yeah. yeah, And it doesn't matter what state you're in. you still have to unfortunately be aware of your surroundings. Period. And that's specifically true for people in our communities and, uh, in our adjacent, you know, um, sub communities, you have to be aware of the spaces that you're in, but also, you know, it's time for us to stop being the responsible parties of making sure that, that, um, businesses put that responsibility on us. You have a responsibility yeah. to all your patrons. Exactly. And so, you know, this individual, again, I wasn't there. And if he reacted in a hostile way, he should have been asked to leave. Yeah. You know? 
I think, I mean, I don't necessarily think it was a hostile way. I think it was a very, I'm very fucking upset. And if you're upset, then you know what? Like most people, when you're upset, you leave, you know, but if you choose to stay there and you choose to further keep yourself in that situation as a human being, aside from having altercations with other people, when you feel uncomfortable, what do you do? What should you do? Remove yourself from that, from that environment, environment. If you're not uncomfortable, it's fight or flight. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so... Yeah, I, I think... I mean, I, think I, they both I agree have with that. an equal amount I, yeah. of responsibility. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Because even, even if they were not asked to leave, right? At that point, the guy was already uncomfortable. Right. right. Now he continues to drink. Mm-hmm. That discomfort may become... Mm-hmm. Worse. Worse. And then that could turn into a violent situation. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a matter of... You know, talking to the people because people tell you, yeah, I'm cool, I'm cool, but technically they're not, you know what I mean? And again, depending on who they're with or who may continue to instigate that, it could become a much right. more aggressive situation. So, dead horse beaten. Yep. Let's talk about cancel culture, right? Yeah. Because as a result of that, then people go on pages and on what's the, what's the one that, um, Instagram. Uh, Yelp, <laughs> Instagram, or they'll Facebook. go on Yelp, yeah. um, you know, and Insta. they'll do all of this, and they start, you know, Twitter, creating these these mass hysterias of of here's what happened, and the sad thing is that uh, unless you were a person that was in that bo- in that place or in that business, those people that are commenting that are further perpetuating something they have no clue of what happened, like I don't know what happened, so I can't comment. Um. They're just bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's like, to me, cancel culture is is just, you know, someone being so upset that they have to let it out and people running with it and turning it into something that it shouldn't be. Yeah. And I'm sure there was an element of um, shame. Right. And um, 100% embarrassment. And mm-hmm. I think that's what kind of stemmed uh, this a moment of cancel culture, which I don't necessarily <clears throat> think is actually going to... Um, stick or live on. But the reality is it's like, when, when is it too much? Yeah. When is it? uh, Let's not slam this business that we've been going to for years. And, and let's actually have a conversation and talk to the owner. Let's figure out a way to actually make this make sense. Right. Make this, well, well, that's the beauty about keyboard warriors, right? They don't have to um, face the facts or face the truth or face what really happened. They just have to comment and hide behind the keyboard. And that's what makes this cancel culture to me so so interesting, right? The dynamic of the fact that the majority of the people that take a comment or take a situation and run with it are doing so hiding behind a keyboard. They don't have the balls to walk up into that bar and say, I heard this happen here. Please tell me what you're going to do to do X, Y, Z or to prevent things like this. from." They don't have the balls to do that. So you know what? Your opinions that you write online behind your little keyboard where you can't put a face to it don't really matter. Mm -hmm. And you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. If you truly have a situation where you're upset with something, a business, an organization, show up at the doorstep well, I, and I, tell I, them that to their face. Yeah, and I also, another thing that really bothers me is like, you know, the denigration of an individual. Right. Like, it's like, okay, you had a bad experience. Right. Something happened. It shouldn't have happened or it wasn't handled correctly. But- for all intents and purposes, and not everybody, I mean, maybe some people should be canceled, but like, I think that before attacking somebody, I think everybody should have a moment to have a conversation because for this specific individual, although I don't agree with all of their, you know, opinions about certain things, they're in no way, uh, racist, homophobic, anti-trans uh, they are they are in no way in no world unwelcoming to any community outside of their business in general right and and you know to to slam one a business but then then take it even that one step further and slam a person who in no way would 
ever intentionally, um, uh, you know, pigeonhole or, or attack a community or an individual. But, but that's the beauty of the art of canceling, right? They don't know anything about this person. They don't know anything about any of the employees in that bar, unless you're a patron that goes there often. They don't know anything. And what they do is take what was said and run with it and hide behind the keyboard and, and continue to perpetuate and have this thing grow into something massive. Mm-hmm. But unless you were there and unless you're a patron of any business, it is just unfortunately in today's world, in today's social media world, the cost of doing business. Mm-hmm. You have to always think about in 20 different ways how something can go. Yeah. Because it's always going to end up online. Yeah. And the only thing you can do at that point is, you know, if you feel the need to apologize as a business owner, my apologies if I offended anyone, boom, boom, done and keep it going. And eventually it dies like everything else, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, it's, it's tough. Cancel culture is tough. Um, you know, I, I can't say that I, I, I don't like cancel culture because we've we've been we've we've sort of kind of started some shit on the show, right? <laughs> when we talk about horrible people and and how we feel like you know they shouldn't be in certain positions and and so we all have the ability to be um, part of that, and we have I have at least, and so I have to recognize that, and maybe that's something that me as a person needs to work on, um, but I believe it, it's bullshit. In, in, in a lot of cases, if you don't really know the facts of what's going on um, or what the first per, or the person who firsthand experienced this had this experience, if you don't know them personally and you don't know anyone at the location where something happened, then you're just a warrior behind a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Right. We tend to talk about politicians all the time and we burn them and we do this and, you know, we need to cancel Trump and he's just horrible. I mean, with reason. But a lot of the things that we're doing, we have we have evidence, things that are that that are that are said, things that are done, things that are public uh, that we can use to encourage someone to say, fuck Trump, for example. Mm -hmm. I'm just using that as an example. But unfortunately, it's just the culture that we're in. It's what we do today. I know. You know, you, people you, don't do their homework. Right. People, it, it, people it. hear something, right? Uh, for instance, I, I could be like, "Hey, hey, Tom, did you hear Nick was in Florida and he got, you know, a train run on him, and now and now he's sick, right?" right. Tom, yeah, we Tom, were talking about a train of men. <laughs> a train of men. Yeah. But anyway, you know, just for argument's sake, right. somebody else hears hears that. And here they go on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, there's this rumor going around. Right. And I could have been just joking with Tommy. Right. But somebody else heard that. Now they go online. Hey, be careful with this guy. <laughs> He's sick. And that's how you end up getting, you know, these rumors started. Yeah. Same thing right. with cancel culture. I had a bad experience. That waiter was an asshole. I'm going to talk shit about them online. Right. And then what happens? Oh, yeah, I was there. Oh, this guy looks... Yeah, yeah, you know. God you know, forbid, I go yeah. to you know, I go to Starbucks and they forget my cookie. <laughs> it know? was the worst barista in my life. Like she was like totally horrible. She's and, homophobic. She's right. homophobic. <laughs> that so, was a I hate mean, crime. Yeah. And, exactly. So, and, and that's how shit starts. Right. And and so unfortunately, as a business owner, that's she wouldn't just, serve me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the cost of operating as that's, a business. You have yeah. to be ready for that. You have to, you know. Be thick-skinned and let things roll off your back. Because if not, you are going to be miserable and you'll probably end up closing your business. So that being said, um, that was a great conversation. Thank you. Um, But we do need to take a break because uh, we have a couple of things that we want to talk about on the other side of that. So we're going to leave you um, for a minute or two and um, we will be right back. All right, we are back from our break. Thank you so much for uh, sticking with us, and um, we're back. So uh, that was an interesting first half of a lot of discussion, a lot of uh, talk about you know cancel culture, etc. So um, gotta we're gonna... stop letting me pose questions. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. It's been a while since we had a very in depth conversation between all of us 
Um, cause typically we're talking about stories, uh, that are happening, um, in our community or that have happened many centuries ago, which is, which leads me to one of the first stories that, um, I'm going to talk about today. Um, <clears throat> Mama Kim had sent us a story that was published on LGBTQNation.com. And it talked about a single grave, uh, the single grave of a trailblazing gay couple just became an LGBTQ historical site in the UK. And um, the two individuals at the top of the story are Edward Carpenter and his lover, George Merrill. Um, and I'm going to post a picture very quickly here of the both of them, um, just so that you all know, if you're watching the live stream video, this particular picture is circa mm, around 1900. And so it's been it's 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 been a very it's been over a hundred you know plus years um, since these two individuals lived, and um, you know th- there is an incredible story here because this individual we're talking about Edward Carpenter um, uh, moved to a town where you know a lot of working class people lived in, and. Um, he fell in love with a man and decided that at that point in time, they were going to openly be together and live together in the 18 somethings, you know, which is pretty, it's a scary thing to think about 18th and early 19th century, right? To think about how we live our lives today. We were just talking about this, right? How we go to spaces and we look, you know, behind we still clock things, yeah, right, and we we have to make sure that we feel safe in spaces before we consider even holding hands or kissing people. And these trailblazers were doing this in the 18th and 19th centuries, so I, I think it's incredible. So um, Edward Carpenter was born in 1844. Uh, he knew that he was gay at an early age. In his diary, he cited um, um, that at the age of eight or nine, and long before distant sexual feelings declared themselves, he felt friendly attraction towards people of his own sex. And uh, this developed after the age of puberty. Well, after the age of puberty, it developed something a little bit more passionate um, to what he described as a sense of love. Um, another thing is that he, he talked about, you know, where he studied. Uh, he had studied at the prestigious uh, Trinity College at the University of Cambridge, where he developed romantic feelings towards his friend Edward Anthony Beck, who also served um, as Trinity Hall's master. And when Beck eventually ended their friendship, Carpenter was heartbroken. Nonetheless, Carpenter said that uh, the work of gay American poet Walt Whitman caused a profound change in him as Whitman urged people to find divinity in nature and within themselves rather than within the religious society. And that statement in itself, to me, resonates so much because you know growing up as a latino man you're a latino man you're uh, a Italian wa- catholic right um we are taught that or we grew up you know knowing that in some way shape or form catholicism saw as uh, saw us as a sin right well yes I, yes but we also have to take into the, take into fact that you know we look it, Men interpret the Bible, and when they interpret the Bible, they pick and choose what they want to denigrate, what they right. w- what they want to focus on. And if you look at the Bible, there's far more um, uh, evidence of you know worse things that are far more normal in our society today than being gay, like divorce. Like, yeah, like divorce <laughs> or eating fish, right? Or well, there's a lot of things that you can't do: gambling, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so it's very interesting to me because when he says, again, I want to go back to the statement um, that he goes, it's interesting enough that that you have to find a way to to grow through through this process and look at it in a sense of, of being one with nature rather than one with religion. And you can find divinity in both of them, right? Because there are people, for example, the pagans worshipped, um, you know, natural events, right? They worshipped the sun. They worshipped the, the the winter solstice and summer solstices as um, 
places in time of the year that signified certain um, good things were coming. For example, the the high summer sun meant that, you know, they would have, you know, eventually they would have a, a good harvest of whatever it was that they were, you know, growing at the time. And, and so they learned how to be divine through nature rather than through a church, which was interesting. And I think that's sort of the kind of thing that he was alluding to that he, what he was saying basically is like much of all our talk around gay penguins and, and all of these other amazing, you know, um, acts of, of homosexuality or evidence of homosexuality in the animal kingdom that it is natural. It, it is something that you experience naturally. And, and for me, I was just like, wow, you know, this, the, we talk about this on the show all the time. But I also think that there's something to be said about the fact that, you know, uh, I always say that uh, I'm not necessarily Christian or Catholic right. or how I was raised, but I do do believe in some higher power. I do have faith and I do have hope. Right. Um, what that is, is whatever I decide it is, right? And right. so if if someone decides that they want to find, you know, their faith in, in nature or their faith in whatever it is, I mean, I think that that in itself is so so powerful. And, and, and especially during this time period, to take a stance and say, like, you know, I'm not going to believe in what the Bible says or right. what the men of the Bible are interpreting. What I'm going to believe in is the world that I live in. Right. And, and the in your experiences, right, right? within that world. Uh, it's important to note that though Carpenter served in the Anglican ministry until he was 30, he gradually grew dissatisfied with the church and the university life. And he left both to begin publicly lecturing on uh, astronomy historic Greek women and music out of all things. Uh, then he moved to a small town uh, called Sheffield at the age of 31, where he encountered many workers. Uh, historians note that th- his, his poetry around this time expressed attraction to these workers, uh, which he quote called the grimy and oil base smeared figure um, of a stoker. And the thick-thighed, hot, coarse-fleshed young bricklayer with a strap around his waist. Mm, Hello. Those descriptions sound so hot. Um, As such, it's hardly surprising that at age 47, he met and fell in love with Merrill, a working-class man uh, who, unlike Carpenter, grew up in the slums and had no formal education. The couple met on the train after Carpenter returned from travels to India, and Merrill worked numerous blue-collar jobs at a newspaper office, a hotel, and as an iron worker. Seven years after meeting, the two men moved in together into Carpenter's small farm home in Millthorpe, uh, Derbyshire. There, Merrill officially served as Carpenter's servant, cooking, cleaning, and decorating their home uh, in fresh flowers. Uh, Carpenter liked Merrill's uh, baritone voice and enjoyed uh, enjoyment in singing comical songs. Carpenter once wrote of him, George is in fact, George in fact was accepted and one of, and one may say beloved by both my manual worker friends and my aristocrats. Aristocratic friends. Aristocratic. Aristocratic. I'm I'm Latino. It's hard. I'm white. And she gets it. (laughs) So it just, it's interesting. Um, It it, it just fascinates me, right? That we're reading a story that goes back, you know, in, in a couple of decades, it'll be over 200 years old. Well, I think if you look at history in general, I mean, like there are ebbs and flows, right? I mean, you see in history where, you know, homosexuality was accepted and kind of celebrated and then it peaks where it's like criminalized and not. And now we're back into a peak. Well, we were in a place where it was starting to get back to a very healthy place. Well, at least in this country and some relative countries around us. But we see a lot of ups and downs when it comes to homosexuality and the acceptance of them, especially in social circles um, throughout history. And so I think that's really interesting to think that not only was he accepted by the aristocrat, which would be the very, very rich, wealthy, wealthy um, individuals, but also by, you know, what you would consider your redneck manual workers that are, you know, working in the yard, working, working on the fields, working in the mines. So, 
somehow he was able to bridge a gap that still today we face and 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 have especially with Trump have yet to bridge. Right. Merrill better work. He was awesome. Um so uh, you know it's important it's interesting that you you mentioned that because it says they're live they're living openly as a gay couple was especially notable considering that at the time the United Kingdom had laws punishing buggery uh with prison time. Uh, far, uh, famed Irish playwright Oscar Wilde uh, was placed on trial for homosexuality in 1895 and shunned by society. Countless other men had their lives ruined under similar offenses. But despite this, Carpenter openly defended same-sex relationships in his 1895 book called Homogenic Love. Um, his, 19, his 1896 work Love's Coming of Age and 1908 creation the intermediate sex calling same sex couples not only natural but inevitable. I want to read all three of those books. So we should probably like hop on that. Yeah. Uh, the books generated controversy, even leading one of the carpenter's neighbors to report him to the Derbyshire police. The police pledged to keep a discreet watch on him and his activities. Whatever resulted of that, who knows? But you're right. I think we should probably look into those three books. I mean, I thought also what was interesting in this article was <clears throat> Edward Carpenter was called the gay godfather of the British left. Interesting. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this, Mr. J? Can you imagine living yourself as a bisexual man in the 18, you know, 1890s? I'm sure he could. <laughs> that would be even easier because you, you got your wife. To cover to cover your endeavors. I mean, but, you, I mean you have that today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. You could do the same today, right? I, I, it's an interesting story. I mean, it's um, and then you look at how the two men were completely different, right? One was well educated, went to school, had a career. The other one was a laborer, so on it, you know, no no higher education. And at that time, when you're looking at laborers. Most of them didn't have any schooling or very little schooling at that. So they were totally opposites. As they say, opposites attract, right? And then (laughs) we were chuckling when you were reading, you know, he he did the cooking, the cleaning, (laughs) the decorating. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, yeah, that was definitely, we already know who's the bottom. No, let me stop. Well, not necessarily. I mean, you know, I cook, clean, you know, do all that stuff. It was like, George, go outside and take care of the house. (laughs) Take care of the house. Go Go chop some wood, dude. (laughs) Winter's coming. Yeah, but that's Um, that's an awesome story, though, especially to see that that far back and no fucks given, basically. So unfortunately, we we a couple and we a couple, and that's that. Right. You know. You know, and the interesting is that unfortunately, Meryl died in 1928, and in May. Of the same year, Carpenter had a paralytic stroke, and after 13 months, he also died as well. Uh, the men's gravestone reads, which means that they were probably buried. They have one gravestone. Right. Uh, it reads, do not think too much of the dead husk of your friend, or mourn too much over it, but send your thoughts out towards the real soul or self which has escaped to reach it. For so, surely you will cast a light of gladness upon his onward journey and contribute your part towards the building of that kingdom of love which links our hearts to heaven. Links our earth to heaven. Our earth to heaven? I, I read hearts. I'm sorry. Well, Thank I mean, you. I That's can, what I, I have you for. But I can hear that. I mean, I, it was, you know, two hearts. I think it's kind of a beautiful quote. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a really beautiful quote. And I think that it really speaks to the fact that, you know, you know, he's talking about our husks as our bodies and, you know, we leave our bodies, right? But, like, reality is we are always concerned about what is heaven? What do I have to do to get to heaven? And in, in this quote, what I what I'm taking away from it is that we're we're all we're all okay. We're all finding our way on this earth, and that we're all trying to reach that place where true kindness and love can live, and that is heaven and earth. You know what I mean? Like right. how does how does earth find that true kindness and love when we're all trying to reach that place where where it's divinity and supposed- nature. Yeah. That's that's a perfect example right. of how you connect divinity and nature. Yeah. It's it's somewhat walking along those lines of your religious beliefs somewhat and and what what you're actually doing. So right. 
And it's important to recognize that, you know, this single grave for these these two trailblazing um, individuals is now an LGBTQ plus historic site. Right. And and that in itself is is powerful and, and beautiful. And it just makes me think that, for example, in order for us to have the right to make decisions for our partners. We had to have marriage equality to be able to do that or have some sort of power of attorney or have some mm-hmm. sort of, um, you know, lawful control of someone's final resting place and, and wishes. They did it. In early 1900s and they were able to actually be buried side by side, you know, and do it together. And today we have to jump through legal hoops to be able to do that um, as, as couples. Not really anymore. Not anymore. I mean, that all depends on, on, you know, know, what happens politically, but it just goes to show you that, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And this, this story today really like gave me all the good feels. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful story. So, so that's all I have. That's all I have for you folks today. <laughs> and um, all right. We wanted to talk about, and, and uh, again, Latino person, I'm going to apologize in advance, but I want to give um, my homegirl Trish over here claps. We have a guest for next week. We do. Wait. Um, I know we're not there yet, but I, I'm just excited that we have a guest. Um, so when we do, oh, our, I did my job. Y- Get yes. it? That's why I got class. <laughs> bravo, bravo. Um, so, but when we do go through the process of what we're about to do next, which is you know do our closing and normal stuff, um, we might butcher. I think I got it. The last name. I think I got it. Um, so forgive us. We're going to work very hard <laughs> over the next week, but we do have a guest and we're excited. And, um, he's a fellow podcaster. His podcast is very interesting mm-hmm. and, uh, we're super excited. So thank you, Trish. Yeah. So anything else before we bring it home? Um, well, I, did you want to talk about that thing that I showed you earlier or is that too heavy? Should we just close it out? Um, hold on, hold on. You know what I'm talking about? The, what you sent me, the, the Senator thing. Why don't we pick that up as next week? our beginning for next week? Okay. Yeah, that's definitely too heavy. Yeah, that's going to lead agree. us into yeah. another, you I, know, yeah, thirty-minute tangent. Okay. <laughs> Especially with you, because you're worked up about it. So. Slightly. Okay. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, why don't we bring it home? I'm going to toss it over to um, my children. Um, you know, I feel very motherly today. Uh, so I'm going to start off with um, Trish and Mama Kim's minute. Do you want your love? Yeah. Did you miss your love? Kind of. All right, here we go. All right, everybody. Here is Mama Kim's Minute. I'm going to screw up her last name. Whose? Anne? Heish. Heish. Okay. Ellen and other celebrities lovingly remember out actress Anne Heish. Flamingo dad adopt chick abandoned by biological parents. Why didn't I read that earlier? I would have talked about it. Dads. Oh my God, that's that so one. cute. Um, gay Realtor <laughs> launches website to help LGBTQ Texans flee the state. Yeah, oh, it's, uh, nice. we'll have to. I really want to um, read into that and 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 figure out what that's about because that could be something that could potentially. You read into that, and I'll read about the flamingos. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, so that'll be that'll be something that we can probably work on. We'll have the the links for these stories on tonight's post, so you guys can link, uh, click on those as well. And um, now I'm going to toss it over to Jay for on this day in gay history. Oh boy, here we go. Oh Lord, so, there's a lot of words. A lot of <laughs> August twenty fourth, nineteen fifty three, here in the good old U.S. of A. Summary of Kinsey Report of Female Sexuality published. In Time Magazine. Damn, Time Magazine goes back that far, huh? Oh, yeah. You old girl. Ahead of the September 1950 full release of sexual behavior in the human female, the magazine reports sets or set of the biggest and raciest commotion the world press has seen in years. Wow. Interesting. That was short, but... Well, that, that, that's all it had. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess they were... Discussing, uh, well, discussing any sexuality at that time was right. Was risque. Was a risque, especially thing, in so. the fifties. I, I think, mean, yeah, I think it was. Um, this was prior to the Kinsey scale actually being released. Yeah, um, this was published, so it was pretty racy, yeah. especially Con- when talking about females and right. 
And you think about, you know, sexual liberation of the 70s, that didn't start proliferating until like the late 60s into the early 70s. Can you say that word one more time? No, thank you. (laughs) I will cut you. Proliferating. Oh, good job. I'm sounding out my, my, what do you call those? Words? My words. (laughs) Sounding them out. No, but what do you call them when, when when you break them up? Um, um, I don't know exactly what you're talking about. When you break syllables? up syllables and you, s- yours, no, not pronouns. The pronouns syllables? are personal. Um, when when you break a word up and you sound out their individual, like I don't know, syllables, consonants. I, I all, forget. I am. There's a word for it. I was bad at English class. English in English class. Yeah, I know. That's a miracle I graduated. Hey, when you break down a word and you try to sound it out, there's a specific, um, there's a term for that. And I can't remember what it is, but that's okay. It's not important. At least not for me. I'm I'm Puerto Rican. Get away with it. And now here's time with our announcements. All right. Well, (laughs) if you love the show, make sure you go subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcasting service. By doing so, you get the latest and greatest of our show delivered right to your web browser or your device as soon as our episodes are published. You can also support us on Patreon. That allows you, our listeners, to support the show with a monetary donation, which we collect monthly and can be in any denomination of a dollar or more. Oh, God. Good luck, Jay. Next week, we welcome J.P. Derbogoshin, I believe. We tried. A Bogoshin. Yeah, Bogoshin. Right? Sounds, oh. sounds about right. We're going to run with that for now. We're going to We're gonna run with that. Sorry if I screwed it up, but host of The Queer Book Saved My Life. No, host of This Queer Book Saved My Life, mm-hmm. a weekly podcast that is the only interview podcast of its kind. It features an LBGTQ uh, guest sharing the queer book that had a life-saving feature in their life. When they bring... When they bring in the book's author for a conversation about the book as well as living as a queer person in the world. Yas Queen. And so for all of you watching the live stream on our Patreon, you're seeing a picture of the individual that will be joining us. Phonetic. Phonetic. Yes. Thank you. You break it down and you. (laughs) Phonetically. Phonetically. Yes. (laughs) Thanks, Trish. I knew you would find it. I didn't actually find it. It just Somebody, came to me. Some, some, it came in me. So, you said um, it came in you? So we have that guess, but <laughs> phonetically we'll figure out how to say his name. Right. We broke it down. So Der Bogosian. Bogosian. I think that's what it is. It's J.P. Der Bogosian. I believe so, yeah. Um, and if it's not, he'll correct us next week. We're, we're a hot mess right now. All right. Um, we took two weeks off, so, you know, it's like, we forgive gotta, us. We got to get back on track here. All right, and here's now. Uh, now here's Nick with our weekly reminder for all of you bottoms out there who want to keep your buttholes on point. Yes, we are talking about the incredible product that is the Future Method. I'm gonna toss it over to her. Let me give her some love and love. Thank you. All right, everybody, get the Future Method today. Each time you clean out with water or enemas, delicate tissues are harmed and cells are damaged, increasing chances of injury and our STDs. The first of its kind, doctor-developed formula, gently cleanses before you play without hurting your bum. Visit futuremethod.com to purchase your life-changing bum cleanser today yes queen and as always we are going to put a ring on it Is, are you sure about that i think it's a cheeseburger today yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is yep our show is available on our website, gaytalk20.com, under audio podcast. It is also available as a free download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher Radio. Yes, Queen. All right. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Gay Talk 2.0, Instagram, Gay Talk 2.0, Twitter at Gay Talk 20. You can email us at gaytalk2.0 at gaytalk20.com. Tom, it's your turn. I just burped my apologies. Did you hear that? That's not what you're supposed to be reading. Oh, all right. Well, if you need to reach out to us, just head on over to our website. Click on the contact us tab located at the top of your web browser. There you can uh, leave comments, suggest uh, a topic, submit a question for the cast or an individual host. And you can also call us if you'd like. Our phone number is 334-GATE-TALK. Or if you need all the digits, it is uh, 334-429-8255. Don't forget that we do stream live every Monday 
Wednesday. Every Wednesday now at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can access that live stream by visiting digitalstreamradio.com. With that, ladies and gents, it is glad to be back. Thank you so much for joining us. And y'all have a good night. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Gay Talk 2.0. Tune in next time for more dish.